I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by the message that God has given you? Maybe you're thinking about the fact that you're not a pastor, you're not a Bible scholar, or maybe that you didn't attend Sunday school regularly when you were growing up. Listen, whatever your reason may be, I want you to know two things. First, you're not alone. And two, your message is still important. My guest today on the show, James Ford, knows this feeling that you have firsthand. Though he lacked what some may consider traditional qualifications, God put him on a path to write a book on the four commandments of Christ. It's powerful. And today he's here to talk about his journey, the struggles and successes that he experienced along the way, writing and publishing his book, and how you can bring your message to life by trusting in God's plan. Enjoy. James, welcome to Publishing Secrets. Looking forward to this conversation. We've been chatting a bit about your book and the mission that God has called you to. And I just can't wait for our listening audience to be able to learn more. So thank you for taking time to be here with us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. I I enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, what's interesting about this is I got a chance to learn a little bit more about you is that you're not uh, a pastor. Don't nope. consider yourself this, you know, Bible scholar, but yet you've written a book entitled The Four Commands of Christ, which we'll talk a little bit more about as we go through our conversation. And so th- this is big, meaty topic, and yet you don't meet what I guess some would say are the traditional criteria. So I'm curious, you know, how did you even get started on this path? Like, what is the mission that you believe that God has called you to that kind of led you here? Long story, but I'll make it as quick as I can. <laughs> when I was 16, I didn't know Christ. I didn't come from a Christian family. I think we went to church as a young boy. But my mom and dad got divorced. And you know what happens to families when parents get divorced and whatnot. So I went to church at 16, a Nazarene church, and the guy had an altar call. And he didn't say, come up to the altar and thing. If you're standing there, raise your hand. And when I raised my hand to accept Christ, Jesus actually came to me in his glory state and touched me on my head and then disappeared, gone. And then I just, I just blew up with joy. I knew he saved me. And I thought that's how everybody was saved. I, I didn't know, you know, I was just so thankful and and I didn't say anything to anybody. I just went on singing songs I learned in grammar school and, you know, good Christian songs and just trying to be a good guy. And everybody noticed the bad guy is now a good guy. How'd that happen? And I explained <laughs> to him. And, and so by the time there was no training, though, this is this is why the four commands are here. There was no training for me. There's no discipleship. There was something great happened to Jim. Let's put him to work, you know, and it's like, what? Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> Time, Satan, people being discouraging to you, 
you lose out. You, you, the dim of, here's a good example. Moses came down from the mountain just glowing. And that's how our hearts are when we accept Christ. Then life comes in and the glow goes away and we don't need to cover the glow anymore that it's so bright. It's just, it's dim and, and sometimes gone. Mine went to gone. And when I read Revelations in where Jesus said that, you know, if you're hot or cold, I can deal with you. But if you're in the middle, you know, straddling the fence, I spit you out of my mouth. I knew I was in the middle of the fence. That scared me. I didn't know how to be hot. So I went cold. I said, Lord, I'm sorry, but I'm gone. So for 10, 12 years, I went out to be a businessman. I, I, I learned the trade of carpentry. I was a carpenter, but I learned it pretty fast. I was a journeyman by two years, by four years. I was a real expert, got paid over uh, wages over uh, scale union. You know, I got paid because I knew a lot because God just, he just blessed me with a mind that, hmm. And then I started my own business and I had my own development business and my, and my, had my real estate license, my contractor's license in California by the time I'm 25. Well, I, I reached that goal. And by the time I was 28, I had a big subdivision, a big thing going on, maybe one of the biggest in Sacramento. I bought a big subdivision in Roseville, California in uh, 78. And by the time I got it going, NEC, Hewlett Packard, all the big, Hewlett, all the big, um, uh, computer people said they're going north of my subdivision in Roseville, just two miles north, and start building this big complex, and they called it Little Silicon Valley. And I'm like, whoa. So I had the hottest piece of property. Well, then 1980 hit, and 22% interest hit. You know, I had construction loans in the millions, and I had to pay two over prime. I lost it all. I mean, I couldn't hang on. Yeah, I sold everything to Placer Savings and Loan back in those days, but I walked away with nothing because of the cost of hmm. keeping that thing up and had to bring investors in. By the time I paid everybody off and the books were balanced, there was nothing for me. So I gave my heart back to Jesus at that time. That was 1980. I was 28. And I gave my heart back to Jesus and said, I'm going to try, but I don't know how to do this. And two years later, Bill Gothard's Basic Youth came and some people paid my way to get that. And that really did help me anchor myself with some of the things he was saying, you know, and so that helped. And then I just started in the process of reading, memorizing, fasting on my own and just started doing things that people should do. And it kind of helped me, but I wanted to get married. So I got married, had kids. My wife wanted to go move to Iowa. So by the time my daughter was four, we moved to Iowa. I've never been out of California. I'm born and raised Californian. And so in Iowa, we go to church and you know, life is life. You get busy trying to support a family and you've got sports and you got, you know, I invented Fuego. I, I yell out Fuego because my kids would hit a home run or they'd catch the ball or or they'd make a basket in, in basketball or make a touch. And, you know, you know how it is when kids are small, you just yeah. and I, that was the thing that I used was Fuego. And uh, and then somewhere along the line around 90 five, I think it was 1995, there was a, a business meeting in town in Oscalus where I live. And, and it was about time management. And at that time, uh, I, I was thinking, well, why doesn't the Christian community do that? And then God, there's where the beginning is. God put it on my heart to write something out for that. Well, I had no clue. I, I, I don't know. How, what, I'm a carpenter. I don't know anything about writing. So it set in my head for years because I, I, I didn't know. 
And finally, I just started doing a little at a time, a little at a time. But, you know, it's taken me 20 years to even get to a point where it's <laughs> reasonable. So 2013, out of the blue, I'm a, I'm a traveling superintendent then, you know, and uh, I was building churches, banks, different things. And I think I was in uh, West Des Moines uh, building a big apartment complex. And God gave me the four commands of Christ. Boom, boom, boom. And I had to write it down because my memory... I don't know why, but when somebody, you know, I can't even tell you what the preacher preached about back then, you know, and now I write things down, I kind of keep it. But anyway, I wrote it down and I was so happy. I started emailing all the, because I knew God wanted me to do something with this, but I didn't know what it was. So I started emailing all the pastors I knew, just sending this to them. And one of them emailed me back who was honest. And he said, I don't know what that looks like. I don't have a clue. I don't know how to do it. Never have. Well, he's a pastor of a big church. So I started writing him back this big, long thesis of what you do. And God kind of just said, no, that's not it. Delete it. So I deleted the email and I said, well, Lord, what is it then? What am I to do here? I, I don't know how to do this then either. If that's not what it is, because I started getting into works, you know, you got to do this, this, mm. this, this. And and God, no. Well, about a month later, maybe two months, I, I didn't log it down to know for sure. But so, sometime later, it wasn't right away. One night again, God gave him to me. And I'm, it's just like it just comes right out of the sky. And he gives us to you. And he says, mm -hmm. for the first command of Christ, humble yourself and submit. So I wrote that down. The, the second command of Christ, love your neighbor as yourself. Give your neighbor and, and yourself grace and mercy. Wow. I mean, those are simple but direct. And then for the third command of Christ, love your love your uh, love one another as I have loved you, so they will know you are my disciples. Forgiveness and the reason he gave that to me, and this is his interpretation to me, so I can explain it in the book, was that the churches aren't loving one another. You've lost your first love, and we're biting each other. We're eating each other inside the church. People don't want to come to church because they see that from the outside. Why would they want something where there's all this stuff going on? The they point. want to see miracles. They want to see people's lives changed. And that's not going to happen if we don't focus on the first command of Christ. So he gave that to me, forgiveness. And then the, the fourth one was Matthew 28, and, and that is to go. That's a great commission. Go to the nations, discipling them. And in that word go, that's a command. I took that. That's a command. Go is a command. I mean, if you're in the army and they said go and you don't go, you get court-martialed. <laughs> it's a command. <laughs> so we yeah. need to go and spread the gospel. And so God just gives me content for all of that as I focused on each one of those uh, subjects. And then one day I was, I was I, this group that I pray with and uh, just talk, you know, we just sit down and we just talk about Christianity. They just asked me if, if um, this, if this go, is this something we do every day or who does that? And I said, well, we have to do it. And I tried to explain to them that as we go along in life, we have to share the gospel. There's opportunities always to share the gospel. We just don't want to do it. We just, nah, it's not for me. I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, the Satan brings all these reasons why. Well, you, you just, you just had an anger uh, response to your wife, so you're, you're not qualified. You're, you're not a Christian. You see what I mean? And 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 the weeds come yeah. up and choke us out, and we don't do anything. 
And we just go to church and, you know, do, we're good people. We're, I mean, we're Christians. We do good, but God wants more for us. He doesn't want just that. He wants a better, deeper relationship. So 2013, we move on. I have the four commands and then the disciplines of faith come up. I just went home and I wrote those out for some reason. And, and, and this is what it came up almost to verbatim what I wrote here in the book. It was amazing. Wow. And, and I, and I just kind of went through the language part to make sure, you know, the language was correct or the English, however you say that, you know, was, was, and then I, I hired somebody to edit it to make sure that my language was okay. And my English was okay. And because I don't have a clue how to write biggest thing was my pronouns. I, I got those all wrong. I, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I, mean to, I went from first person to second person to third person. And, yeah. and they're, they're going, you're kind of all over the street there. And I go, yeah, well, <laughs> so they helped me clean, clean that that's stuff why, up. And then that's why we have people come, to help us. <laughs> yeah. So when the time came to write the book, that was just the, dis, you know, just the four commands, discipline. Faith. That's all I had. And when the time came up for the book, I started researching. Everybody says, we got to have an outline. Okay, an outline. Well, what's that look like? I had I struggled. I mean, I, I bet I struggled for three or four months. I wrote something out and, and I threw the paper. You know how you write something and then you crinkle it up and you throw it in the trash can. You know, I just yeah, I, I kept do. that up till <laughs> and then finally one day God says, Well, what's wrong with the topics you already have written? Start with each command and then go to and write about each discipline disciplines of faith. That is your outline. I'm like, wow, I never thought of that. And then I interjected into the book just some personal stuff of my journey. You know, I had cancer and I thought I was going to be healed. I felt healed. I, I just knew God healed me. The doctor said I was healed. And two months later, my cancer's back, you know. And so mm. I've been through wow. that journey for two years now. And, and it, 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 I wrote that, you know, sometimes God answers prayers, but sometimes there's a maybe in there. Maybe it's not done yet. <laughs> And, but we got to have faith. We just got to keep the yeah. faith. We can't, we can't stop. So I'm not a writer. I'm not even qualified to be a writer, but God qualified me. He's the one that put the stuff in my heart. He's the one that's put all these ideas in my heart. He's the one that, that educated me. And, you know, there's so much out there like yourself. There's so many people out there that's willing to help you bring about your dreams mm-hmm. and your desires that God has put in your heart. He says, I have a plan for you. I have dreams for you. And and when that happens and you follow them, God's faithful, then you have a book that's done. Amen. You know, I was just having a conversation with a friend uh, this weekend about the very thing that you're talking about now, James, is that um, the biggest part that we play in the process is being obedient. We don't create the opportunities. We don't determine what the outcomes are. Those are up to God. But what we are responsible for is being obedient when he calls us forward to do something. And I just, I'm thankful that even though, as you said, you're not qualified to be a writer, that you had confidence in what God said about you. And you said yes to the call to write this book so that it could be a blessing to others. So maybe you didn't see yourself as a writer. You didn't see yourself as a published author, but this was in God's plan all along. And there are people that are being blessed by this book um, now and people that will be blessed in the future. So you've talked a little bit about, you know, some of the things that you had to learn, like you didn't know about creating an outline. 
you had to work with an editor to get your pronouns and all of this type of stuff in line. But ultimately, ultimately, the book is here and it's impacting people. And that's a word of encouragement for someone that's listening to us right now. There may be a ton of things that you do not know. You may be listening to James and thinking, yep, that's me. I don't know how to do an outline. I don't know about all these pieces, but God will lead you and guide you along the way to the right tools and resources that you need. You know, you alluded to, you know, we provide some of those uh, resources within the Christian Authors Network and through our our email um, communications. We try to direct and, and guide you along the way because we want the message that God has given you to get out. So trust that um, as you take the steps in obedience, that God will rally the resources of heaven to help you to accomplish your assignment because it is important. It does matter. So James, let's talk a little bit more about the book and then we'll circle back a little bit on some of the things that you learned along the way about writing and publishing. So you've talked about the four commands. I I also noticed as I was reading your book, you, you, you have a very um, direct style of communication, not, not, not abrupt, not mean, but you want people to really understand everything in really plain, easy to understand language. I, like we were talking just before uh, we went live for the interview, even the titles of your chapters are really, really easy to understand. From your perspective, why is it so important that these concepts of our relationship with God be broken down into simple, easy to understand language. I thought about that too. I mean, you know, I, I didn't create this. God gave it to me. But when I saw it, it's like, wow, it's direct, it's simple, but it is hard to do. When you apply these, when you humble yourself and submit, you know, a lot of people can't do that. They don't understand what that means. And therefore, the disciplines of faith to help you understand what that means. But yeah. it is, um, how do I how do I say this? God gave it to me. It was direct and simple because people don't understand these complex, the PhD people that write out all these, you know, thick books of what a certain script. I, I know a guy, I won't say who it is because I love him. He can spend five days, two hours a night preaching on two words in Matthew. two words but he does break it down to where you understand what he's saying is just how did he get that out of it and my point is some scholars just make it so complicated and people Mm -hmm. have questions well what about this well what about that I, i don't understand this in the bible i don't understand that in the bible and i thought i think god gave this to me to simplify his gospel it's not hard and i will go into that argument with myself seriously go into this argument of why me what makes you think they're going to buy this what what where am i and what does this say to them i know it's simple and direct but how are they going to accept my because i'm not a scholar i'm not a preacher i don't have a platform i don't have a following how are they going to accept what i say about it he gave me exodus 18 20 and in that Jethro's talking to Moses and they're and Jethro's trying to tell Moses, you know, you're 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 wearing yourself out, you're wearing Israel out because you're the only judge. You got to spread this out. And in the middle of that conversation comes this this nugget. To me, it's not out of place, but it kind of is out of place. But here's this nugget that just jumped at me. And I'm going to paraphrase if you don't mind a little bit. Teach them his decrees 
his instructions for the decrees, how to live and how they are to behave. And I'm like, wow, sure. The four commands of Christ is his decrees. He's decreeing that to us as he did the Ten Commandments. Now he's got it to four. And he said that, not me. So I'm not putting something there that's not already there that Christ said, not me or a theologian or anybody. And, and then he said, um, teach them how to, the instructions on how to do that. Well, that's when he gave me the humble yourself and submit, you know, grace and mercy, forgiveness and go. That's when he gave me all of that. Very simple. I mean, it, and, you know, when I listen to preachers preach now, I can size up everything they're talking about in one of the four commands. It's yeah. just amazing how God, you know, in his, well, <laughs> I'm not going to say in his brightness or his intelligence, because he's beyond any of that, but but how he puts things together. And in the end, it, it is very accepting Jesus is easy. He didn't make it hard. We don't have to do anything except accept him and believe. So he's made everything easy and approachable and something we can achieve. That's the important thing. We can achieve this. We can do this. If I made it real long and drawn out, that I'd, I'd lose my audience. They'd be gone. And God would lose his audience, if you know what I'm saying. He wants it simple yeah. and easy. He knew 3,500 years ago when this was written, he knew this time would come. That's how mm -hmm. important this book is. He knew this time was going to come, and he knew, and if you just look around at Christianity, at the politics of life, at what's going on, you can see Revelation coming true right before our eyes. He doesn't want things to be complicated, so he loses people. He, he doesn't want anyone to be lost. But he did yeah. say this yeah. is going to be like the days of Noah. That's not a good sign. But if we make it simple and we take it out there, and if every church was to take the simplicity out, I really believe that their churches will be full. People want simplicity, but they want to know how to do it. They want to be correct. They don't want to be backsliders. They don't want to be, uh, you know, hypocrites. They don't want to be, they, they just want to love the Lord, raise their children and be good Christians. But they also need to tell people the change God's made in their lives. And, and that's our story. And that's the fourth command. And that's why he gave all of this to me. And then how do you keep it? If you love me, you'll do my commands all through the Bible. If you love me, you'll do my commands. Feed my sheep. Okay. And the, and the, and the uh, disciplines of faith help structure your life so that you don't fail. The problem is apathy is why we fail. We allow apathy in our lives and the phone, the TV, sports, family, all that takes precedence. And what does Jesus want? He wants all of us and he wants to be first. He wants us, when you tithe your money, you're supposed to tithe your first 10%, not your last 10%. He wants us first because he knows if we do that, Satan doesn't have a chance. Because we have now the, what I call the full armor God on. When we do these things first and we start practicing these and put them into our lives, we put on the full armor of God and he knows Satan can't attack us. I mean, he can try, but we have enough faith. We have, we've put on the armor. We, we have the Bible. We have prayer time. We have fasting time. We have all that that helps us battle the battle of life. I love that, James, because, you know, as I hear, as I'm, I'm reflecting on what you've shared, that God gave it to you in this way so that it could reach people that maybe struggle sometimes to really understand what is being said when it's presented in, you know, these big words 
And, you know, I, I grew up in church, so I'm familiar with a lot of, you know, church terminology. Um, but I have, I have a lot of friends that did not grow up in church and they bring to my attention how isolating it can feel when you don't have that background to even understand what in the world it is that we're talking about. Um, so I see the blessing of how God gave you this message and instructed you to put together this book is that, you know, it, as you're listening to us right now, if there's someone in your life that that wants to better understand how to have a relationship with God, um, someone who's, who's, who's struggling through it, like maybe they've, they've joined church or they try to do it and they've gotten discouraged because they feel like they're failing at what they're doing. This book, this is a great opportunity to take what can seem really, really complex, break it down into simple um, easy to understand language so that, as you said, James, I think that's really, really important is we want to be a successful Christian. We want yeah. to actually see this as something that's achievable. And so the great thing about the way that God gave this to you is I can read this, I can understand the four commands and I can think to myself, okay, hey, no, that's that's not so bad. And then you've also given guidance on what that looks like in our daily life. And, and then the, the disciplines that support that. So I want to make sure that our, our listening audience hears that, hears that as well, that there is an audience for you. So the, the, the guy with the PhD, there are certain people that he is called to reach, that that is the way that it's really going to resonate with them, the way that he explains scripture and all the time and details that he can bring into it. And then there is an audience for, for people like you, James, and for everyone that's listening to us right now. God is so infinite in his wisdom that he knows that there are people that are going to need to hear it the way that I've called James to deliver it. There are people that are going to need to hear it the way I've called Mr. PhD. We just gave him a name uh, to deliver it. And, and there is an audience for each of us. And so rather than us getting wrapped up in who else is already speaking on the particular topic that God has given us or questioning our calling and our ability. It's more about being obedient to the call, knowing that God has asked us to take this step because there is a group that needs it just the way that he's given it to you. So James, I'm thankful that you said yes, because there are people that need it packaged in this way. Like you said, it's, it's the same truths that have always been there 3,500 years, but the way that you have packaged it is going to resonate with some people that another big name teacher or preacher, it, it may not resonate. So we all have an assignment. We all have an, a calling that we need to make sure that we honor, realizing that there are people on the other side of what we've been called to do. You may not even meet all of them, James. Like some people might reach out to you um, and say how blessed they have been by what you share. But some people you may never meet, you may never hear from, but we've got to have confidence that if God called us to do something, there is purpose in it. He doesn't, he doesn't waste resources. He doesn't waste talent. He doesn't call us to do things just for no reason. So there are people that are being blessed by this message. Now, we've talked a little bit about how, you know, there were some things that you had to learn along the way as you went through this. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, even getting to the point where you felt 
comfortable enough to say, yes, let's go ahead and publish the book? Were there other things that you encountered that were maybe a little confusing or challenging along the way? Yeah. The the biggest thing is, is I write like I think, and it's a run-on sentence. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I, and, and I'll change topics midway through. Uh, I'm talking about something that I change topics because your mind wanders. My, okay, my mind wanders. <laughs> I won't say it about other people. I, I can't focus on one thing. I just go on and on. And then, you know, it's like if you talk about something, the next thing you'll find out you're you're in a different subject and you, you know, when you're just talking to people, how it moves on to different subjects and, and you're not back in you somehow you, if you're leading the conversation, you need to bring it back. I, I, I do a lot of meetings as a businessman in construction. We have a lot of sub meetings, we call it. And when the topic starts to wander, I need to bring it back. So I, I think being a carpenter, being what I am, God has given me some disciplines through meetings, through, you know, time management with subs and putting schedules together, putting meeting notes together, having, you know, doing the two to three week look aheads, all that stuff kind of helped get me to focus. But as I wrote, I wrote it all down and I noticed that, boy, that I got rid of one chapter completely because it was all politics. And I sat there and I read it. I go, yeah, that's true. You know, and but when you read it, it's well, that's abrasive, too, though. You know, I mean, even to me, read it. It's a, it's pretty tough, true, but tough. I took it out, threw it out. God was kind of telling me in my prayer time, this isn't about politics. This book's about me. The mm-hmm. present politics, just that's out, that's gone. And so I, I got rid of a whole chapter. And then my book went from, you know, this to this. <laughs> and I had to go back and rewrite. I had to go back and rewrite uh, one uh, chapter. The editor that I had, I had... Another thing for people, you need to get someone that's editing your book that thinks like you do to some degree, but not. I had some people edit my book and I could tell there's no way they've experienced what I, they don't understand what I'm writing. They have questions. They're questioning me more than editing me in all my theories that God give that God gave me. And they're not really theories. They're just bringing something up that God has already talked about, you know? Yeah. And so I paid for it and then went on. And then I had another one and they kept saying, well, you know, your notes don't match what you're writing. No, no, no. And I'm like, those aren't notes. Those are giving credit to my, my resources. Right. God damn it. So I told him, I don't want that person. I'm not paying for that. That one I'm not paying for. That was terrible. Finally, I got a guy that understood me and uh, he started doing some editing and he went to one of the chapters and said, you haven't explained this well enough at all. And, you know, it's not my job to, you know, to carry the torch. It's your job. So rewrite that chapter completely. And so I spent and focused my time. And then I went through the book and I tried to identify all the run on sentences, all the where I kind of change subject a little bit, you know, I mean, it's similar, but it's not pertinent, if you know what I mean. And I had to get rid of all of that. And I just had to kind of do my own thing to make sure that it was structured properly. And, uh, and then uh, that's, I I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, start writing, you got to start. That was me. I sat there and and when I did have the outline, I just kind of, I don't know how to start this, you know, where do I begin? And then I just started reading about the subject in the Bible, and I started getting scriptures, and I just put scripture down that's relevant to the conversation or, or the chapter. And then after doing that, then God just fills you. It's like a preacher. 
He studies all week long. He writes his note, gets his sermon notes, and God just fills him with content because he's done his homework. Another thing that Jesus gave me that was really cool, and I can't remember. It's in Exodus, but I'm not. It's in the beginning of Exodus somewhere, I think. But Moses has taken Israel to the edge and the shores of the Red Sea. Mountains on either side, Pharaoh outside, and, you know, the tornadoes and the wind and the fire is keeping him at bay. And Israel's complaining, you know, we can't do this. We, What are you doing to, you know, all the things that we're probably seeing as writers is happening, the same thing. And God said this to Moses, tell Israel to shut up, sit down, and watch me do my miracles. So I say to people, he said to me, shut up, sit down, and start writing. And watch him do his miracles through your writing. You, you'll be amazed. I go back and reread my book because I need it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I wrote that? How did I write that? And then I well, but, it, but, <laughs> but But to your point, it's, it's, a, it's a partnership. And I think that's something that our listening audience really needs to key in on is you were called to write the book, but you weren't out there on your own to write the book. You know, I've heard you say several times throughout our interview that God gave me this, God gave me that. And then, and there were certainly pieces that you had to do. And, and even what I heard is that there were people, key people that God used to help you make the book better. So you had to go through a few editors, but then you got to someone who said, listen, I'm not the expert in this. This isn't my book, but you need to go deeper in this particular area. And then with that constructive feedback, you were able to revise it and make it better. So it, it is a partnership. And you know, what I'm hearing from you is it's a partnership between us and God to write the book. Let him order your steps and make sure that you're getting those divine downloads and capturing all of that information. But then there's people that he brings into our life that are also a part of the process and their partners and helping to make this, this book really good. And then there's some things that only you can do, right? I mean, just like the editor gave you the feedback, you had to decide, am I going to receive this feedback? First of all, it, it do, That's correct. do I think it's valid, right? Because sometimes we get feedback like, ah, they don't know what they're talking about. And I'm just going to do what I want to do. Right. But you had to decide, okay, this is constructive feedback. It's there's I, I believe there's some validity to it. And then not just accepting that and agreeing, but then you had to commit to doing the work to go back and revise that chapter based on the feedback that he gave you. And I think what I want our listening audience to hear is that in my view, these types of things are tests of our commitment. Like how committed are we? to this message that God has given us. And as you talk about, James, the mission that we have, because if if I'm really focused on the mission that God has called me to, even though there are going to be some things that maybe I, I didn't want to hear or things that are going to be a little inconvenient, like going back and writing this chapter, if it's going to make my message more effective, it's if it's going to help me to reach more people, if it's going to be a, a blessing to people because it'll be easier for them to understand and I'm committed to that calling, I'm committed to that mission, then that's a small price to pay to take however long it took you to go back and revise that chapter. But if it is just about me and my desire to write a book or or, or whatever, you know, I, I'm telling myself as the reason to do this, then it might not be worth it, right? So just as, as you've shared, it's it's about it's about purpose, it's about 
pointing people to Jesus. It's about answering the call that he has for our life. And that's what we have to keep front and center as we're going through this writing and publishing and even marketing journey as we're working to get our message out is there are going to be bumps along the way. There are going to be challenges. They're going to, yeah. There's going to be moments where we're going to get feedback that we don't like. But if we are truly committed to the call, then we have to push past those things. We have to ask God for help on how to, um, how to handle those situations. And we've got to put our, you know, roll up our sleeves and be, a, be willing to do the work so that the ultimate goal season that we started the journey of writing the book in the first place can be accomplished. Because think think about it, James, if you have just, you know, gotten these downloads, written this information down, but then as it got hard, if you had gave up, then there would be no four commands of Christ. There would, this, this simplified message that is a blessing to so many people would not exist. And the same is true for anyone that's listening to us right now, is if you allow these things to distract you from the purpose and the calling that God has for your life, then it, this book that God has given you will never exist. And the people that were intended to be touched by it and blessed by it will never have the opportunity to hear that message. So don't let these things discourage you. Um, think of them as learning experiences and, and character building moments that God is just mm-hmm. using these experiences he certainly had to go through a lot of things, but he's so committed to us and our salvation that he was he was willing that Jesus was willing to endure such a high price for us. So when you really think about it in that vein, the price that we pay on the journey to writing and publishing a book is small. So James, I want to make sure that our listening audience has an opportunity to get a copy of the Four Commands of Christ for themselves. And, and as you're listening to me, and, and I'm going to get James to share where you can go to pick up your copy, I want you to also be thinking about who in your life can be blessed by this, who in your life really could benefit from having the, the gospel kind of broken down into simple, easy to understand. Like if, if they could focus on four things and um, they would Amen. feel successful in their walk as a mm-hmm. Christian, then I want you to not only get one for you. I want you to get one for that person and give this as a gift to them. It could make such a difference in their life. You just never know the impact that it could have on them to realize that I don't, I don't have to keep feeling like I'm failing at this. Um, this is something that I can do and I just need the path. I just need the structure to do it. So James, where should our listening audience go to pick up a copy of the book and to see what else you have going on? I know there are a lot of other projects that you're working on. Where can our listening audience go to learn more about you and this book? They can go to my webpage. Uh, it's uh, www.thefourcommandsofchrist.org or com or net. Doesn't matter. I got all those. I didn't want got somebody to come and grab. <laughs> well, you know how it is. I don't want someone to come grab something oh, yeah. and, and then, you know, co-op what I have. Uh, and by the way, I did get a trademark finally after five years. I finally got a trademark on the Four Commands of Christ, just the name, not anything else. Yeah. Because it, it's important to me that people understand this is the Four Commands of Christ that God gave humanity through me. But I, my name, if you look at my book, my name's not even on the front of the book because it's not about me. It's not It's not my work. I, I'm the scribe. That's it. That's all I was. But I do, I, I want to encourage 
I know this is awful what I'm supposed to say, but I want to encourage your, the writers that are listening to you and subscribe to, to your webpage, which I do myself, is even if what they're writing reaches one person, isn't that worth it? Isn't that worth it? If you bring one person, who knows if that's not a guy that's going to go out and save 10 million people? Okay. Who knows? None of us know what God's plan is. He doesn't say anything to us about the future because he wants us to live in the now. And if you just keep that in mind as you're writing, struggle through it as I did. And I did struggle through it. This wasn't an easy trip for me. But when you struggle through it and you're done, God will give you this. It is finished. And you're done okay. with the book. And now you're not done with life and you're not done with God, but you're done with what he asked you to do. Now take it and go out and uh, do the fourth command of Christ. Take your book and go out and uh, and bless the world with it or however that's going to be. But anyway, www.thefourcommandsofchrist.org. I have an umbrella company called the Ark Project U.S. And, and that's I'm, I'm trying to use the four commands as a way to draw all people back into the churches. And that's why I'm trying to get the pastors to read the book and use it and have it as a discipline, you know, so you can disciple people in your church so they'll feel successful because when success breeds success, you know, and that's how people grow. Well, your church will grow and it's not about growth. It's not about this. You know, the pastor asked me one day, he says, you got any more good ideas? And I said, yeah. Let's pray for healing. Let's have healing. Bring people up to the front and, and pray for them for healing. When people go out and say, yeah, I'm healed of this or God's helping. Look, I'm alive. I'm not dead. You know, I mean, I might have some issues, but I'm not dead. I'm alive. God healed me. People take notice of that. Who was the, I can't, this is terrible. The, the football player that died, the Buffalo Bills uh, guy that died on the field and they brought oh. him back. And then when you yeah, saw the pan of the camera everywhere, everybody was praying. I mean, everybody. Yeah. There's nobody not praying for this man. Everybody, when it came down to it, when it came to life and death, they know who to go to. And the only one you can go to is Jesus Christ. And they all humbled themselves and submitted. My heart was full of joy when I saw that. And I didn't know what was going to happen. But when he recovered, because we're all praying, and when he recovered the way he did, God answered prayer. How many Amen. of those guys now are going to say, you know, there's something to this prayer stuff. There's something to God. And, and this journey that they're going through, they may say, well, let's explore and see what God has for us. And they go to church and find Christ and lives change. So that can Amen. happen to us. That can happen to us. But what I'm working on, God's never done with this. If you guys think you're done, you're not. You might say it's finished <laughs> with the book, but God's always got something else because you were faithful. You were faithful in the small things, so he's going to want you to be faithful in the big things. So don't quit. Finish. And what he gave me was uh, governing values, and governing value is, uh, is examining yourself. Um, you need to look at yourself and make sure that you're either, you know, with God, or you need to make sure that maybe I'm not going down the right road. Socrates says, an unexamined life, an unexamined life is not worth living. Well, he said that, what, 450 B.C.? I mean, yeah. way before Christ. And he's in Greece, so they don't even know about Christ, you know. 450 B.C., an unexamined life's not worth. So this is about my programs, Governing Values, about examining yourself. Where are you? Where do you want to go? What's important to you? 
where are you spending your time, energy, and effort, money, time, energy, and effort into? And I just have them examine that, find out where they're at. And then, and then I go to, well, where do you want to go? What's your dream? What's your dream job? What's your dream for your kids? What's your dream for your marriage? What's your dream for your life? Yeah, you might be a stay-at-home mom, but maybe that's not what you want. The rest, maybe, you want maybe you want to be a writer. I mean, you know, that's your dream. So how do you accomplish those things? So I broke it down in the seven areas of life. And, and we examine seven areas of life. I use mind mapping. I use different tools that are business tools that I bring to personal tools so that people can refocus. And then when they refocus, then I try to merge everything together. And, and I call it in the gray area where everything merges together. That's where you want to be right there. So plan your life around where God wants you, where you're going and, and have that happen. And then I have a spiritual formation workbook that you can park it all in. And then God's given me a whole bunch of things to write about. But first things first. Amen. So listening audience, make sure that you head on over to the website. We'll make sure that we put this in the show notes for you. But it's the four commands of Christ.com. You'll be able to capture all of these great things that James has been talking about, the book, uh, the governing values, and you'll be able to see what he's up to next. As he said, you are never done. You have completed this particular leg of the journey, this particular piece of the assignment, but God has more for you. James, thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing uh, your wisdom, your story, so many nuggets that our listening audience is going to be able to take and apply to their lives. Before I let you go, I would like for you to have just one final word for our listening audience, you know, you've had a, a, a successful uh, career as a carpenter, but you've also been through some really tough things. You know, when you were talking about your journey of losing, every, being on top of the world kind of and, and losing it all. And interestingly, that pointed you to Jesus. It pointed you back to him. And then once you finished your, your carpentry career, he, it's like he's uh, giving you this new mission of this book and all the other things that you're working on. You have so many rich experiences. What is one piece of advice that you'd like to leave our listening audience with today to empower them and encourage them as they move forward into what God has called them to? Okay. I'm working on this too, but it's kind of in the thing. It's called truth. Jesus is before Pilate. You know, he's examining, he says, so you're the king of the Jews. And he says, well, you say I am. And, and then Jesus goes on and tells him, he says, for this reason, I was born and brought into the world to show people truth. And what did Pilate say? What is truth? So I'm saying to all the potential writers out there, the world is saying right now to us Christians, what is truth? You're writing whatever it is, you're bringing truth, your truth, and it's in God's truth, but you know, it's wrapped around God's truth, but you're the one that's bringing a part of his truth to the world. We need to do that. We need to bring truth to the world when there's confusion, there's this, that, and I don't know what people write about. It could be an allegory, a story. It could be, you know, absolute things that they've experienced that they want to share. But that's a truth of Christ in their life, and it's and it's affecting somebody. Even if it's one person, it's affecting somebody. And uh, I, I think that's our mission. That's the fourth command of Christ. That's a that's a go. You are discipling through your book. You are discipling. 
Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.